In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today is the last Sunday of the blessed month of Hatur. And as we mentioned before, that during this month, the church focuses on the Word of God. And the Word of God has been ingrained in all of humanity since our creation. God spoke with Adam and Eve in the garden. He spoke through the prophets and righteous men and women throughout history. He spoke in the circumstances of life, like in the life of Jonah, through the way, through the sea, through the uh, the great fish, and he spoke through his divine commands, as he did when he gave the commandments through the prophets and the written commandment through uh, the Torah or the Old Testament. And he spoke about his guidelines and his righteousness and what he likes and dislikes, and. To be honest, the whole struggle of humanity is to obey the commandments of God as He has set before us, as it contrasts with our fallen nature as we lean towards corruption and disorder. In today's Gospel, we find two stark comparisons. We find the rich young ruler who came to the Lord asking for eternal life, and the Lord told him, do these commands. And he said, I've done them from my youth. And when he gave him one more commandment, he turned away and left sad. On the other side, you find the disciples, who when they were called on the sea, like St. Peter and John and James and Andrew, they left all and followed him. They left their livelihood, they left their families to some degree, and so on. So we find these two stark comparisons. And I think to some degree we can relate with the rich young ruler. We can maybe think to ourselves, you know, I know the commandments of God and I believe them and I believe I've kept some of them or most of them. I'll speak briefly this morning about the importance of knowing the commandments of God and what is the disconnect between knowing the commandments of God and doing them in one's life or keeping them in one's life and then how do we apply this knowledge and understanding of Scripture uh, and His commandments and lastly, the promise for those who are obedient. The, import, the importance of the knowledge uh, or the knowing the commandments. The beautiful thing about this story is um, when the rich young ruler came to the Lord uh, and he asked him what he can do for eternal life, the Lord said to him, you know the commandments. And he listed off a few of the commandments. And I thought to myself, why did the Lord choose these particular commandments? There are many other commandments you could have mentioned. But I think it, you know, it kind of gives us a clue when it says the Lord looked at him and loved him. So I think the Lord chose the commandments that he himself observed, that he saw in this rich young ruler. So he said to him, um, do you, you know, you know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder. So he saw, and he's almost like telling the man that, or, and he, he was happy that he kept these commandments. And if we think about a man, and it says to him, that describes him as a rich young ruler. So he was wealthy and he was young. These two are usually a catastrophic combination, right? Somebody who's young and very wealthy, sometimes it's ca catastrophic for that individual. They get involved with drugs and all sorts of things. And it becomes catastrophic for the rest of their life. But this man navigated his life with purity. As the Lord said, he didn't commit adultery. Or, you know, no, no adultery. 
He navigated his life with honor. And we see this in that he didn't murder or steal. He honored other people and he honored their possessions. He navigated with truth because he says he didn't bear false witness. He didn't lie about somebody. He didn't talk bad about somebody behind somebody's back and lie about them. And it says he navigated his youth with respect and he honored his father and his mother. Very commendable things. Very commendable. My beloved, in order for us uh, to enter into life, we must know the commandments of God in order to live by them. If I don't know the commandment, then how can I live by them? How can I live by th- something that I'm ignorant about? It's crucial that we know the commandments of God. It's like going to a, a physician because you have some kind of ailments and he tells you, okay, in order for you to get better, you need to diet and eat this kind of food, you need to exercise, and you need to take this certain medication twice a day as prescribed, and you need some counseling. He gave you everything that you need to live with this disease in the best way possible. But then it's left to us to actually do it. This is like the command. If I don't even go to the physician to get this prescription of what I need, then how would I know how to live? I'll subject myself to the illness and everything that goes along with it. This is knowing the commandment of God is crucial for us to live um, a godly life and to abide by His commandments. In Psalm 110 in the Agbeya, and Psalm 111 in the Bible, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and understanding is good to all who do according to it. Understanding is good to all who do according to it. He begins and says the fear of God, uh, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The fear of the Lord is giving reverence to God in every aspect of my life. When I fear God, then every aspect, yani, um, yani, I, I recognize Him in every step of my life. Whether I'm in the, in the car, whether I'm at school, whether I'm talking to somebody on the phone, whatever it is, I fear God. So He's in every aspect of my life. And What's in my mind about him, or what his likes, his dislikes, what pleases him, what makes him sad, I give him a place in my life. This is the fear of God. And he says, this fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And what is wisdom? Wisdom is the application of knowledge. The application of knowledge. When to do what we know. This is wisdom. So he says the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. So the fear of the Lord is the beginning of appropriately applying the gift of knowledge and reason. So those who otherwise have knowledge and reason but do not fear God, you'll find that their knowledge will be hijacked by the enemy. And we see this very clearly in the the, uh, passage of the Tower of Babel. right? Because they didn't fear God, they used their knowledge and creativity to create a tower thinking that this can, they can ascend to the heavens and, and if God floods the earth again, they will not be subject to God. So what does God do? He confuses their tongues. Right? He confuses their tongues. They use their knowledge and reason, but void of the fear of God, thus the enemy hijacked their knowledge. Knowledge and understanding is only profitable if it is practiced, if it put into practice. Therefore, investing our time 
and learning the commandments of God is a very worthy endeavor. And we need to use all of the resources. And I think now more than any time in history, we have a plethora of resources for us to use and access. You know, we all have like supercomputers in our pockets. And, you know, back in, in my day we had cassette tapes and maybe some of you even older than me, if you remember like the eight tracks that were really big and then the records uh, and then the computers, all the memories, they had these huge like floppy disks that only had like 5K, can only hold like a text document. And now we have like gigabytes and gigabytes of data on our phones. So we have access and resources. Whether that's these resources are reading, uh, scripture or spiritual books or listening. You can listen now to audiobooks while you're in the car and listen to the Bible. We have so many resources for us to access and sermons like, you know, sermons galore, right? You have many different ways you can listen to sermons and commentaries on scripture and so on. So we have many resources. Use them. On the flip side of it, the enemy wants us to use these resources, which we can use for our growth and understanding the commandments of God. He wants to use, he wants us to use these resources for sin and spreading uh, uh, corruption. Let's choose to use these resources for what is good and not to spread corruption and his agenda, the enemy's agenda. So we learned that outside of his uh, of his divine commandments, there is no eternal life. Without knowing his divine commandments, there is no way for us to have eternal life. The, the ruler said, what shall I do that I might inherit eternal life? And the first thing the Lord told him is, you know the commandments. You know the commandments. And the Matthaean version in the Gospel of Matthew, it says that the Lord answered and said, if you want to enter life, keep the commandments. And I think we're all here today because we want to enter life. We want to, you know, have a place in the kingdom of heaven. So it's clear that the path to, the path to eternal life is obedience to his commandments, which shouldn't surprise anyone because the fall of man happened in the disobedience of God's commandments. This is how we separated from God. So it only makes sense that our return to God is the obedience of his commandments. So it's crucial that we understand and you know apply ourselves to understand the commandments of God. So how is it that we apply the commandments of God uh, in our life? Before I mention a couple of things about how, it's important that we need to understand that we must strive to observe all of the commandments. All of the commandments. Look what he says to the children, look what God says to the children of Israel through Moses. He says, Oh, that they had such a heart in them that they would fear me and always keep all my commandments that I might be well with them and their children forever. So it's God's desire that we keep all of the commandments. We never notice in Scripture where God presents His commandments as a menu. You know, like when you go to a restaurant, you sit at the menu, and you choose what you like, your palate today. He never presented the commandments like this. He didn't say, okay, today here's a menu you can choose. Today you can be kind. Tomorrow you can be generous. But God forbid you do all of them in one day. No. He doesn't said, I want you to strive to abide by all of the commandments. And yes, it's a daunting task. They're all, you know, there are many commandments that we strive to observe. But this should be our goal. Because sometimes it's very easy for us to say, you know what, I don't like this commandment. And we even convince ourselves and say, I can't do so and so. Although there have been other humans that did exactly what I say I can't do. 
So how is it that we apply this knowledge and understanding? Simply put, it's to apply them in the events of every day of our life. Apply the commandments in our everyday life. In order to apply them, we need three things. Okay, The first one, we have to understand or believe that His commandments are the truth. His commandments are true. We need to understand this. And if you look around us, this is why there are so many different ideologies and philosophies declaring that Scripture is a myth. Because if they convince us that Scripture is a myth, the number one will fall in our in our mind. We no longer believe that Scripture is the truth. So if it's not the truth, then it's no longer you know something that we ought to try to apply. This is the first of the enemy's trick. To try to get us to disbelieve in the truth of the Gospel. So the number one thing we have to believe that this gospel message, the commandments of God, are the truth as given by God. Number two is we must be faithful. Believe that His commandments are the best and that they work. That they work. Sometimes we look at some of the commandments we think this is foolishness. But throughout history, those who have applied the commandments of God as He has asked, they're usually the best, they turn out the best for us, and they work. And they work. When it says a soft answer turns away wrath, try it. And you'll see that instead of escalating a situation and you end up screaming and yelling at one another and I de-escalate and I respond softly, you'll find everything de-escalates. Try it. It's true. <clears throat> Sometimes Satan will say, well, you know what? These people understand that the Bible is true. And they understand that it's the best and that it works. So what can I do? So rather than trying to convince you of something you're already convinced of, what he does, he uses a tactic called flooding. Right? So instead of, you know, okay, I'm not going to change your mind about the truth, but now I will create for you many truths, or so-called truths. So they flood the public sector with many truths, as people claim. So then it becomes more difficult for us to navigate and find what is truly the truth. You know what this is like? It's like trying, if you have a question about God or about the faith or anything, and you go to Google and you search Google. Have you ever looked at how many you know responses come out on your search? It's usually in the millions, right? And none of us make it past like the first or second page. But there are millions of you know uh, things that came up with this search. And you'll find that sometimes when you're looking for something... You know, you'll find, you know, a lot of, you know, um, nonsense and maybe a couple of things that are of the truth. Why? Because he wants to make it more difficult for you to find what is, what is, that leads you to life. This is all the work of the enemy. If I can't convince them that, uh, that the Bible is wrong, they now create many other ideologies for them to make it difficult to find the truth. Lastly, it takes courage. It takes courage. Because the commandments give life, those who love death will not cease from attacking the commandment of God and my pursuit. That's why you'll find you can be sitting there doing nothing all day and then the moment you open scripture, you'll find some kind of message, somebody calling you, your parents may be saying, come do this, or your husband or wife say, come do this. You'll find all the interruptions right when you sit and you want to open the Bible. But we got to understand, okay. This is, there is an, 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 an enemy who is trying to keep me from learning the scripture and reading scripture. It's very important that we do so. When St. Peter 
followed this and when he asked the Lord, then who can be saved? He looked at this and says, okay, this is such a daunting task. Who can be saved? The Lord answered him and told him and made something, revealed to him two things. The Lord said to him, with men it is impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. So he told them, he made him understand that the first thing is that the path to salvation is a difficult one. To abide by all the commandments of God is a difficult one. But this is what we're called to, to do. We're called to struggle. And this is what we're going to be rewarded on, is our struggle. Not that we've acquired every commandment, no. But that we worked hard to try to struggle, to, uh, to observe all of the commandments. And the second thing he told them is that we need him. With man it's impossible, with God it's impossible. Meaning we can't do this without God. We need him. So what does God do when he finds us in this dilemma of knowing the scripture and knowing his commandments and applying it? It's very difficult for us. So what does he do? He gives us two things. Um, to aid us in our obedience of his uh, commandments, he equips us with two free resources. Number one is the Holy Spirit. And number two is repentance. The two resources that help us abide by the commandments of God once we know them is the Holy Spirit and repentance. It says in the, the Gospel of John, and the Lord tells us that the Holy Spirit is called the Helper. The Helper. What a beautiful name, right? For someone who is there, dwells within us, to help us to abide by the commandments of God. He says, however, when, uh, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. He will guide you. And then he says uh, in John 14, it says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. So we see here that the work of the Holy Spirit is to bring to our remembrance the commandments of God that we put in our mind and in our hearts. That's why I said it's important that we know the commandment of God. Because if there's nothing in here, then what will the Holy Spirit draw from? It needs to draw from what we already know. It's not going to be some telepathy that you know they're going to send us the commandments of God or He's going to send us the commandments of God and we have never read it before. But we have to know the commandments. And then when it's time, He will help us to recall the commandments in due time. And when we fail to obey the commandments and the guidance of the Holy Spirit, He gives us the path of repentance. The path of repentance. The new beginning. Right? The new beginning. When we come and we repent and we confess, we come out, wash completely clean, and we can start again. The complete reconciliation between us and God is restored again after we sit with our Father of Confession and we repent. But back in my day, when we used to have like the old video games, you know, uh, the first Nintendo came out when I was, uh, when I was a boy, and they had, it had two buttons on the front. It had the power button and the what? Nobody, huh? The what? The reset button, alright? So the reset button, it didn't completely shut it down, but it just reset. So what we did, and we didn't have any online stuff, so what we did when we start playing a game and it got really frustrating and we kept losing, we'd go and we hit the reset button to start all over. Cause we got bothered. So we'd go and hit the reset button. So repentance is like that. It's like a reset button. You know what? I'm doing terrible, so let me hit the reset button and start over again fresh and you have you know, all your energy and everything, whatever game you're playing. Repentance is like this reset button. And look what the Lord says, the promised rewards for those who keep His commandments and live by them. 
He says, Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or uh, house or brothers or sister or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels who shall not receive a hundredfold in this time and in the age to come eternal life. So he makes a promise. If you're willing to put me before your children, your wife, your mother, your father, your possessions, your lands, and so on, then you'll have a reward a hundredfold here on earth and also in eternal life. This is a great deal. This is a great deal. May God and he grant us to really strive to understand his commandments and to learn them and to spend the time um, investing the time and learning the commandments of God so we can apply it in our life. And this will be the formula for our change and our renewal. To God be the glory forever and ever. Amen.